0: This is Hannah, this is Rachel, and this is What i Like to Tell People. Have you been feeling curious about connecting with your spiritual side? Are you having difficulty trusting your intuition? It could be time to test your skepticism and meet with a spiritual medium. Three-Eyed Bob offers personalized, intuitive readings to help you better understand your journey and identify the unseen forces, assisting you along the way. As featured on our first episode of this season, Three-Eyed Bob provides a fresh approach to mediumship that focuses on identifying realistic connections to your current life circumstances. Check out 3 eyedbobcom for more information about services offered and to book your virtual reading session today. That's threeeyedbob.com, found in our episode notes. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Hannah. How was your week? It was okay. Uh,
1: we had snow like one day. I it was-
0: know. It was like yeah. 60 degrees and then the next day... It was like it
1: was 3 a inches blizzard. of snow. Blizzard, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that, was- that counts as a blizzard, but no, it was like- it just, it, when <laughs> you're driving though it was really funny though because they had like a lot of wind um after work. So after work like I got to see um It was all beautiful, but then on the highway, it looked like a whole gust of wind, like an avalanche was taking the snow, and I'm like, oh, fudge, and I was like, wait, it's not that much snow, but still, it was scary, because you're on a bridge, too. I didn't mention that part. You're going to a little bridge, so how was your week?
0: It was pretty good, so I did not enjoy the snow, and I had to, like, wash off my car, but on Sunday, I did, like, go through a car wash. And I go through this automatic car wash and you put it's more like it drives your car for you like it like you put your car. It's called Mr. Car Wash. But anyway, I finally am not the worst person at getting on the rails because one time when my mom was in the car with me, I like tried to get on or like tried to get it off and I had to like back up and it was really embarrassing. The guy was like trying to tell me where it weighed my wheels. And I swear like any, it's only when that guy is directing me, I don't know, he would just make me nervous because he just seemed like he meant no, like he did not want you to mess up yeah. because he was going to be like, eh, you know, you stupid person. I had that and,
1: happen to me in a garage when I was parking and a guy was trying To tell me how to park and it made me more nervous, and so I didn't park well. So I know what you're talking about, yeah. (laughs) So, like, I can do it
0: every time, except like every time I see him, I like for some reason just can't, but all the other times I do it perfectly fine. Well, on Sunday, there was I don't know if it was a man or a woman, they were in like the big Mercedes SUV, and they like you have to drive on the rail and then you put your car in neutral. Well, I don't know what their problem was, I've never. Seen this happen, but they were in front of me and their car kept like moving up and down on these rails. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'd already like cars had already been kind of like put in front of me. And I was like, I had no place to be but I was like did not want to sit in the car wash line. And so then this person in front of me, they're having issues and the guy Different guy than what I usually have that sees me mess up. But he like (laughs) had them roll down their window because the sign says put your car in neutral. They have this little like ping pong paddle type thing. It says, you know, neutral go. It tells you what to do. And so he had to roll down the window and show them where I guess neutral was in their car. Then they roll the window up. It does the same thing because I'm thinking that they ended up putting their foot on the gas. Versus just letting the car drive, so it was, like, in neutral and on gas. I don't know, but they had to turn off the the rail thing in the car wash, like, a couple of times. So I don't know if it, like, stops the cars, like, in because I'd be really freaked out if I was, like, inside the car wash and it stops because I think it's, like, a conveyor belt, so it probably does. But they finally... Got through, and then it was my turn, and I know exactly, you know, how to put my car in neutral, and I do it quickly. And the guy was like very relieved, and he's like, he was like, "Thank you," but he like, you know, how you move your lips, and you're like relieved, but he didn't like say it, and he's just like, "Thank you," and I was like, "You're welcome," like because I feel like he had just dealt with somebody that had no clue what they're doing. But anyway, that was my like little tidbit of being like, finally, I'm not the worst driver to go through the car
1: wash, and we have like. A- both of us had car stories almost.
0: <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. So this episode is with my former boss, Sarah Sammy, and she kind of talks about HR. And it's really great because it's still, you know, Women's History Month. And um, it's just a, a great episode. And it's also airing on my dad's birthday and St. Patrick's Day. So it's kind of like a bunch of different things all together. Oh,
1: and it's my uncle's birthday too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So what a great day it's going to be for it. Enjoy.
0: Hello, everyone. We are here with one of my former bosses, Sarah Sammy, and I met her around, I think, eight years ago. Actually, maybe closer to nine years ago. It's been a really long time. She interviewed me, and I told her to give the job to one of my friends and to not give me the job. And then a year later, she gave me a job, and she's still here. I still know her. so hi hi Sarah
2: hi thank you so much for having me on your amazing podcast I look forward to being able to share knowledge and information and continue the conversation with Hannah and Rachel so
0: I forgot to say you're actually going to be kind of talking about HR and different topics and All kinds of fun. And also kind of focusing on International Women's Day, which is tomorrow. But when people listen to it, it'll be a week away. But it'll still be uh, Women's Month. Yes. Absolutely. So it works. Yes. Yeah.
2: So do you want to start with the first topic? Sure. Absolutely. I think one of the most important things as sort of a woman who's in the workforce, one of the things I like to tell other women, specifically and men, is – you know, what advice would you give to your younger self? So just, I'm seasoned in the industry. I've been working professionally for over 20 years. And at times you just sort of don't sit back and reflect. And the other day I sat back and I said, you know what, I'm going to reflect. And if I could give myself, younger self advice, what would it be? Um, And what the important lesson there is, whatever that advice is that you would give to your younger self, it is never too late. You can always turn that into an action plan. So, one of the pieces of advice for me is that take more risks. Don't be afraid. Speak up for what you believe in. And some of the examples I'd love to share with you guys of of doing that um, is that I've joined this podcast, right? So, being afraid and really speaking about myself, I think is one area that I was always nervous about. And I thought, you know what? Hannah has this amazing podcast. She's reached out to me. What an honor. I'm going to sort of take that leap. And talk about myself and give advice to others that are listening that may be in a similar situation. Another element of that is that, you know, I was the advice I give myself is take risks, don't be scared. You can have a seat at the table anywhere you go, just to believe in yourself. So, one of the things that really did scare me is I've had my eye on Ivy League, sort of the beacon of many, sort of learning um, circles especially as an adult is harvard business school right so it's sort of one of those things where it's this amazing beacon at the height of where i thought my learning would land as an adult and i thought to myself i shouldn't apply um especially in the executive management track i mean i thought i haven't done enough i'm not good enough i haven't worked in many places I haven't dived in deep in many organizations. I haven't transformed organizations. So I'm not going to get accepted in the Harvard Business School. Don't apply. Then I sat there and I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to apply because I am learning to do things that scare me. And I applied. And full disclosure, I I, I thought about emailing the admissions group and withdrawing my application. (laughs) And then I really did, you guys. I really drafted an email. And I sat there with the draft and I thought, nope, I'm going to let it ride its course because I really want to know if I get it or not. So I waited patiently. I had anxiety for a week or two weeks. I don't remember how long the time went by. And I thought to myself, not getting in is devastating and it's a failure. We are our own worst critics. Don't ever forget that. You know, other people think we're amazing. We may see ourselves in a different lens. When I finally got that acceptance email, I thought, you know what? I am good enough. I have accomplished enough as an executive in IT, in HR, in program leadership that I do have a seat at the table. And that was the best decision I've made. Learning and still learning to this day at Harvard Business School, especially in the executive management track, has been nothing but rewarding. And that's just advice I would give myself now. I'm in my 40s, or I give my younger self is that do not be afraid to try it. The worst thing that can happen is you won't succeed the first time, but you may the second, third, fourth, or hundredth time. And you got to do it because time is so valuable. So I'll sort of pause right there.
0: Oh, no. It kind of ties into like you feeling like you're not good enough. That's why I kind of told you in our job interview so many years ago, like, yes. don't pick me because I didn't feel like I was good enough. You know, I was like, I don't want to be the one that does not get this job. So I'm just going to tell
2: you right now. not Absolutely. Me. But you know what I saw, saw in you, Hannah, is nine years ago, I saw here is a young lady who's so mature. She's so empathetic toward her friend. But also I thought you were discounting yourself a little bit, you know, thinking that your friend was going to do the job better. So I always remember that because, yes, I did give the, that one opportunity to your friend. But your ability to empathize, to see strengths in others, but also to prop up your friend and to help them women to women is absolutely the characteristics that I strive in myself to exemplify, especially women women holding up and propping up other women but I also strive to hire in my team so the year passed and I had the wonderful opportunity to scoop you up and it's really been one of the better hiring decisions I've made in all my careers
0: oh well thank you yeah absolutely well I always accredit you for my you know my my little career and wherever I go I feel like it you were
1: the
2: start of it because of that I appreciate she's mentioned
1: that. you a few times to
2: me. Absolutely. I really appreciate that. And I will always be there for you, Hannah, especially with, you know, I'm very sort of sensitive to mentoring and supporting women um, just because I had the most amazing female mentors. I've also mentored many men, but I think as women, propping each other up as we go through our journeys and careers is so important. So we I'm, really like, need that right yes, now. Too. We really need that right now. Absolutely. Women supporting women, no other agenda, um, no other really bias, if you will, or no other sort of plan or reason for helping each other. You just um, want
1: to. That's the you thing. Just you just want, want to. help each other. And that's why I see it, Hannah, too. Like what you were saying, like when she did mm-hmm. that, I was like, I'm not surprised. Because Absolutely. she does that for me all the time with things. So I'm like, I'm not surprised. That's no. how
2: you do it. It's with a pure you. heart. It's a pure
1: yeah. heart.
0: It's a pure heart. Exactly. Well, thank you. Yes. Now I'm like blushing. Mm-hmm. But also, <laughs> I, one thing, you know, you mentioned like telling your younger self advice, but what would your younger self tell you now? Like what would your younger self think of the person that you've
2: become? Um, I'm hoping my younger <laughs> self would say, Wow, you have accomplished so much and you've grown so much from when you were little. Um, You've been able to overcome sort of some elements of fear. Maybe you've overcome some elements of not thinking that maybe you're qualified enough or you're good enough, which really stems into that imposter syndrome. But also, I think um, my younger self would say to myself now that they would, my younger Sarah would be proud of older Sarah because. I do absolutely love to help others and prop others up for the reasons that are of a pure heart. I think helping, paying it forward, karma, all come back in spades, very important. But also, I wouldn't want anybody else who's young to have self doubt. So, anything I can do to help, especially those that are coming up in their careers, sort of eliminate or minimize because I think self-doubt exists in all of us minimize that and feel like there's somebody in their corner I think I've done a good job and I think young Sarah would recognize that and sort of applaud older Sarah and being able to help others sort of feel more confident and not feel maybe the extent or magnitude of self-doubt that I had at some moments in my um career, especially early on. Yeah.
0: So you talked about imposter syndrome. Do you want to lead into that topic now or
2: yeah, absolutely. I'll sort of touch upon it because I know we also you have some other amazing, amazing interviewees who've talked about imposter syndrome, but I will pile (laughs) on (laughs) and let you know that as a female, um, I also as a minority and I'm foreign born. Um, I was born in Iran. I I left a revolutionary war came to this country. I didn't know any English. So really from the onset, I felt um, self-inflicted disadvantages, right? So some of it was self-inflicted, but some of it was society and culture. You know, it wasn't always in, included in school. I, wasn't all, I, w- I was not always accepted for being different or not knowing the language as a kid. So that was really hard for me. And I had some self-doubts and I felt like a little bit of an imposter. So I took that thinking, got through college, started excelling in my careers, but I would have moments where others would tell me, you are doing an amazing job, you are breaking record numbers, the customers love you, whatever it is, or you've done an amazing job in HR. I would have those moments like, should I be here? Am I qualified to be at this table? There must be others who are more qualified than I am. And through that journey, I've learned that many women, especially the successful women that are kind and empathetic and support others, go through those same moments at one point in their career. So you are not alone if you have those thoughts. Everybody has those thoughts. It's how you manage and move away from those sort of negative or self like deprecating thoughts that really speak true volumes to what you can accomplish. So it just sort of wanted to go in that one small direction. Yeah.
0: What was the second topic? I should have written it down or what was the other
2: topics? Yeah. I should have, but... yeah. So the other topics I kind of touched upon two at once, right? Like do one thing that scares you um, and, and advice to your younger self. We sort of talked about that and sort of wove those in together. Another important topic is, it really goes back to advice I would give my younger self, but even as an adult now is focus on yourself. When I was younger, it was very selfish to think, oh, I'm just going to think about me. Or I'm going to focus on myself or me, me, me. Even even as an adult, as a mom, as a sister, as a wife, as a friend, it's sort of taboo to think about, well, let me just focus first and foremost on myself. Then I'll focus on all these other obligations or, you know, things that are important in my life. It is absolutely not the case. You should 100% focus on yourself, your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health, because if you are not able to be in the most optimal, healthy state, whatever that means to you, you will not be help for anyone else. You cannot mentor anyone. You won't be a very good leader. You'll be cloudy headed. You won't be a good team member, a spouse, a, a partner, a mom, a dad. You know, you won't be able to impact other people's lives positively if you don't take that time to recharge, recenter, balance, and focus on yourself. And I only learned this as an adult. I would run 100 miles an hour, help this person, help that person, got the kids, whatever, my husband, the house, the, the, my career, my job, um, everybody else on email who needs me at that moment. I had moments of just exhaustion. And only after I turned 40 did I realize if I continue down this road, it will be self-destructive. So I say no to many things. No to social events that I just don't want to go to. I want to sit home, read a book, you know, watch Netflix in bed. Um, I say no to obligations that... Um, don't align with my core values. You know, if somebody wants me to show up at some happy hour or work event or some engagement that just really doesn't speak to me, I won't go. And I'm not apologetic about it. I'm polite, but I decline. Those are just some small things, right? And I do it because it's important for me to always feel balanced and charged. Right. And no can be a full sentence. And I feel like we forget that.
0: We forget that there doesn't have to be an explanation.
2: So one of my most favorite, favorite leaders, um, her name is Robin Tabor. I'll give her a shout out. She hired me really right out of college. And we had a conversation one night. I'll never forget it. She's like, say no. And imagine a stop sign in your head. The stop sign will help you stop talking. What we end up doing is saying no. And then it's like, generally, most women say, I'm sorry. Or I'm so sorry. Da 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 da, da, da. Reason, 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 excuse, 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 whatever to try to make the person feel better. But no is a complete sentence. It may be awkward. It may feel awkward. There's dead air or silence, but you don't have to continue the sentence and give any sort of reason for why you, say well, you, that. Don't, you don't have really to don't give it.
1: the yeah, you don't have to give the energy. Like my counselor no. taught. Yeah, exactly. Like my counselor taught me that. She said, you know. Like, you don't even have to give an explanation. You don't even have to respond right away. You could just Mm -hmm. say no,
2: and that's that. You don't have to. It's taken me a long time to get there.
0: We also have to do it the other way. Like, I feel like I'm really bad if someone says no to me. I'm like, oh, no, what? how can I fix this? How can I, you know, like, um, Hmm? make you change your mind? And I think we also need to remember to respect other people's just
2: symbols. You're absolutely right. And it's not personal. I also have learned once I crossed that 40 bridge, um, I wish I knew this younger when my younger self is that nothing is, it's not personal. If someone says no to you, um, you respect their own wishes and you don't take it personally. And it's really none of your business as to the reasons why they're saying no. So don't let your head go there. Respect the no, you move on. I think it works both ways. Yeah.
0: Even though it's really hard, but yeah,
2: I agree. It's very hard. For me, it takes practice Every single
0: time I hear a no. I also believe no's help you. Like if you're getting told no for like a job or whatever. Because I always say like the most famous people heard no more than they heard yes. And that's how they're in the spot they're in. Because other people heard yes sooner so they didn't have to achieve more. Like I feel like you hear no and you're like, okay, let me prove it to you that I can do it. Mm -hmm. So
2: sometimes no can be positive. Absolutely. Or maybe a whole sequence of no's is like where you self-reflect and say, are all these no's and any, any elements of your life? It doesn't even have to be like professional elements. Does it really mean that maybe I'm not exerting the right level of energy to get a yes? Or maybe the universe is telling me this is not right for me. And that's why I'm getting all these no's. So you really just sort of have to rebalance, recenter yourself, take time for yourself and self-reflect. And I think it'll get you to the right path of either recovery from all those no's or a different path. And it's all beautiful and it's all meant to be. Yes.
0: Everything happens for That's a reason. I, yes, I
2: absolutely. Absolutely. So what's the
0: fourth topic?
2: Yeah. So the fourth topic, I just sort of wanted to sort of bring all this together as, as a female in a leadership role, um, also in an HR role. So one of the things in my career is I've sort of pivoted about six, seven years ago into HR. I've always been in a learning uh, leadership role my whole career, so it made perfect sense to take that learning foundation and leap into the rest of HR, having that learning in my pocket, sort of like the three fourths, the rest of the, the square, if you will, um, is that, you know, one of the most important topics right now, of course, is diversity, equity, inclusion, access, but even one of the most important and underlying foundations of even understanding and building strategies around diversity, equity, inclusion, specifically in HR or really in any company or any school, anywhere you go, is really understanding bias. And I know that you know March 8th is International Women's Day and it's all about breaking the bias. I think one of the most important things that people maybe haven't necessarily touched upon when they talk about breaking the bias is truly identifying and understanding, like, what is bias? Um, where does bias exist? How is it created? How do we identify bias? Because I think those are all the fundamental building blocks for us to be able to understand, teach others, implement, and put into action plans to then be able to say, here's how we're breaking the bias, right? So just taking a quick step back from my learning sort of mode and my love of learning is identifying bias. From my perspective, bias is the prejudice that's really in favor of or against a thing, a person, a group compared with another, and usually in a way that's considered to be unfair. So for example, like I am biased against okra. I do not like okra growing up as a kid. I thought okra was slimy and yucky And I never wanted to eat it at the dinner table. I I just never liked it. What I have done is taken my personal bias and prejudice against okra, a vegetable. Is it a vegetable because it has seeds? I don't really know. Or is it a fruit? I don't know what it's considered. Whatever it is, it's supposed to be really good for you. I do not cook it at home. My children, I don't think, have ever tried okra. Yeah, I don't think I've ever tried it. Full disclosure. Because of my personal prejudice and bias against Okra, I have really, I think, unfairly kept my kids from exploring and really having more of that diversified palette, especially as it applies to okra, because maybe they love it. It's just, I'm I'm, I'm applying my personal bias. And this analogy really even goes into the workplace. And if we can just sort of talk about that um, and taking what we consider as biases to our place of work. Um, wherever that may be, you know, one of the most important things is understanding and identifying um, how many types of bias are there. So I've read many publications. You know, people have identified I think 150, 175, 200 different categories of bias, and all of those have multiple subcategories underneath them. But the the entire foundation of that is really uh, the behavior toward or against a thing, a person, a group, an entity you know, we have cognitive bias, which is the most common form. And that's about 150 to 200 different types. We have prejudices. And a prejudice is really a opinion that's formed against, you know, a specific group or a person based on race, religion, gender, sexual orientation, age, and other discriminatory factors. And in our society, we see a lot of prejudices. Then we have what we call unconscious bias, which is really implicit. And then we have Explicit bias as well, so which is conscious bias. Conscious bias is really explicit. This is the bias that we're aware of, that we understand. So this sort of just sk- skims the top layer of really understanding the basis of bias, identifying major categories of bias. And I think what anyone could do is school themselves or school their organization or peers on identifying examples talking through those examples and seeing how they could relate to their daily lives and interactions with others. And, you know, the most important thing I think is not just building sort of that top level awareness of these different types of biases. If we want to see true change, I think we have to take those understandings of bias and move beyond increasing awareness into managing our own biases and managing the biases of our teams and peers, and then changing the behavior and changing our reaction to bias and then tracking it and really being um, supportive of others and supportive of ourselves because this is not an overnight thing. And all these things, I think, from an HR leader perspective are the foundation and fundamentals of building a diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy for your organization if you will, is really trying to understand, first and foremost, bias, don't leave it at awareness, identifying how we can identify that in ourselves and our teams, building a plan to change our perspectives and change the bias, and applauding our efforts for for that change. If you think about it, bias has been around since the beginning of time, since mankind was made. So when, when I see organizations and people throw up a webinar and say, Here's how you break the bias. And then it's a one hour course. That's not going to change how humanity has approached their own biases, you know, over time. It's, it's a systematic process and it takes, in many cases, years. So super passionate about that. Yeah, even longer. Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, if I you want like- to be on a good day.
0: Go ahead. I like your example yeah. of like the you as a parent, you don't, mm-hmm. you know, like okra. So then your kids don't like it just by association. Absolutely. And I, I, I feel associate. like that is such a good example of bias and taught bias because you are mm-hmm. your environment. So what that's your right. parents teach you, that's what you do. And it's really hard to stray from what your parents believe. Absolutely kind of like your everyday life so it's really hard to go outside of what your parents and I feel like we tend to forget that we do need to look outside of what our parents
1: believe. Well, we are our own person too. Absolutely, yeah, I feel like, and that is uh, our separate. That's the also what my counselor taught us is like the whole separation too yes. of our parents. Once you start to be in your twenties mm-hmm. and stuff, you start to have that separation more and more too, to define yourself because of those biases, even. Too Absolutely, and,
2: being- and you know, I have worked with many organizations, and what's always been hard for me when I even approach this topic of breaking the bias is. Things like conscious bias, like so me knowing I don't like okra and not giving it to my kids to even try is really prejudice against okra. And it's really conscious bias. That's much easier to identify, build an action plan and monitor my good behavior to change that. One of the more difficult areas of bias <laughs> is, you know, I really, I do, I feel bad, guys. Like all the green leafy vegetables, <laughs> you should just write down once a month. You're gonna have this. No, seriously, okra I actually hand. thought about. Mommy's that. not though. Mommy's not. Actually, I thought That's about that because I bought um sort of like deep. I think it's deep fried. It says baked. It's this okra from Trader Joe's. You know the snack aisle, mm-hmm. um where the potato chips are. They have okra. And it it looks like a potato chip okra, and it says baked. I think it's fried. I even bought that, and I tried one piece, and I threw the bag away. I should have kept it and let my kids at least try it to see if they <laughs> you didn't
0: it. You kept it away from them too. You're like I no. did. I was like, oh my
2: is- gosh. so you did it again. I did it again. Did it again. I did it again. Subconsciously, <laughs> did so for- <laughs> you didn't even you know. Go. And I'll admit it. This is my conscious, like one of my conscious biases. But I, I honestly think in society, one of the harder areas, so there's conscious and unconscious, is really that unconscious bias. It's really those beliefs and attitudes that operate, uh, like with us, that are outside of our awareness and control. You know, and this can be even a direct contrast with beliefs and values that you hold. You may not even know or be aware that you have these biases. But that's and that's what's scary, yeah, too. Absolutely. And that's also
1: what leads to other things that happen within society, too, not just with bias. Absolutely.
2: Because, you know, you may walk around saying, I'm not biased against anything. I love everyone. I love everything. I love every
1: <laughs> All culture. Of a group. You say something. Yes.
2: All of a sudden, something comes out of your mouth that if you really sat back and thought about it, you know, does it really show you're not biased? Or could it be that maybe there's some unconscious bias belief that you have? that you don't even you're not self-aware of i think that's a much harder um sort of and area. i think
1: that's yeah exactly and that's a harder thing to even admit yeah. too. sometimes to be like oh let's take because you don't back, know because unfortunately in our brains that's we right. don't want to be feel attacked right. too or we don't want or we don't know like you said that's I right. think you there's even, even biases
0: aware. Within like groups of people, that you know, it's like oh, we're all women, but we're going to be biased against something, or it's like I'm from West Virginia, and it's Mm -hmm. like you know, people have their own thoughts, but then like whenever I'm in West
2: Virginia, the people around me, I'm like,
0: oh, I still have biases against them, or
2: biases. Absolutely, you are absolutely right, Hannah, and that's actually a sub bias of cognitive bias. So a sub bias, for example, is like the Ah. halo effect, right? The halo effect as a sub element of bias is that it involves feeling or thinking and having an opinion towards someone shaped by characteristics. So as a female, if I like people, if I like West Virginia, and you tell me you're from West Virginia, I build that halo effect, I'm going to automatically like you because of where you're from. So even within like the female population group, we have all these different elements of sub bias. So it's not to your point you know, just um, based on one group or one demographic or one race or one religious group, there's all these intricacies and elements of sub-biases within each of those categories as well. Yeah, like these like tiny little
1: areas that can... Yeah, absolutely. Uh...
2: Yeah, so I I encourage people to learn more. That's a lot. Meet others that are different. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of learning out there. Really try to understand what bias means and help yourself identify um, what that means to you and all those different categories and to your teams. And then I think then we can start talking about how can we turn that into an action plan to then break the bias.
0: Mm-hmm. It's hard. Cause I feel like we become biased to so try not to be biased and you it's end very up hard. doing something else. And
1: Absolutely. It's so hard too because then like you don't want to be biased, but then also you want to have that opinion that you have. It's just a very it's a stepping stone. It is a stepping stone.
2: Absolutely.
1: And will it ever go away? That's all I can say.
2: I don't think so. I think I think part of it is just identifying building action plans. Yeah. Have awareness. And also I think through positive reinforcement. Is um, recognizing those that maybe have more severe levels of bias that may be affecting their personal lives, their work relationships, and I think that really reinforcing positive behavior is and as a way to control bias. I don't think it will ever go away, but I think we can we can try to be empathetic, control bias, and work together to minimize. The application of bias. Yeah, like have the tools. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Use the tools and self-correct. That's
2: right. Self-correct. Correct.
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah, and not be afraid to admit that you made a mistake. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because as I said earlier, I feel like sometimes people are too threatened sometimes to be like, hey, I was wrong mm-hmm. or I had this bias. Because I know I have quite a few that, you know, you have to work on. Still, so everyone does, as you said, you and Okra.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. That's one yeah. of my many. You know, I'm, I'm constantly working on myself yeah. as well. And I think as we can just continue to improve ourselves. I think we'll be able to sort of manage and control um, our our biases.
0: What are your plans in the next couple of years? Like what, what are your main goals?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, Hannah. So my main goals in the next couple of years, my main, main goal is to remain balanced. I think um, since I started going down this sort of journey in my early forties of um, balance, mental, physical, spiritual health, my main top goal is to maintain balance. And if I see areas of my life that are red flags to maintaining that balance that may destruct my balance, I will course correct those areas. And so the ones that will never really get course corrected, of course, are family. Um, family really, you know, family's always there. There's always going to be areas of, you know, difficulty. It's, it's hard being a parent. It's hard being a mom, a sister, a wife. So the family elements, I feel like, will always be there, and I've just learned to sort of manage that. But if work gets out of control or friendships get out of control and it knocks me off balance, I will, course, correct those. Um, more so, and I think I have more control over those than maybe some of the family elements. My number one I was going to
1: say the family one, I don't think you could sometimes. To an
2: extent, yes. Yes, best, you're right. Exactly. You so, never know. Yeah. Can't, can't divorce my family.
1: But um, yeah, (laughs) you also can't control all the people in there. either. So So
2: another thing I'm going to continue on is I've really recently started engaging with nonprofit organizations and spending some free time that I have helping others. As an immigrant, I'm super sensitive to the fact that I got an opportunity to come to the U.S. and get sponsored for Green Card and really have this amazing opportunity to grow up here. So I've been uh, working with Homes Not Borders and um, International Refugee Outreach Committees and working with children and telling children my stories because I know it's scary to get plucked from where you know, learn the language, navigate the U.S. And really that's what another sort of key area that I'm going to focus on for the next few years is that giving back In a way that I consider to be meaningful. And to me, it's really working with the refugee population. No,
0: I think that's really, I saw your post on Facebook. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Yeah, it's very, very important to me. So, um, and I actually posted it, right? I was a little nervous to post it, but going back to what I've been working on is not being afraid, having more of a voice, um, sharing my story, because I feel like if I share my story and if it's helped even one person with their own journey, I think I've done a great job.
0: See, I would never know that about you. Like the Sarah I know has always had a voice and has always been, you know, like loud and
1: proud and yeah. just, you know, always.
2: It's like, a, a work leader. in progress. Yes. Yeah. Like I was going to say, something not that what you've been working on for years? Yeah. So Hannah, I'm so glad that you see me that way because I have worked so hard to make it um, very sort of seamless. But it's really, it's taken, you know, it's taken years to master, if you will. Again, I still have moments uh, of insecurity, doubt, imposter syndrome. But again, I've been able to manage it better. And I just let it be a fleeting moment. And I course correct really very, very quickly now.
0: I mean, I know I have horrible stage fright and I've like slowly oh, tried to yes. get over it. that yes like um actually at uh, our first job that you hired me at like where I had to go in front of 100 people and like I tell them about like here's the restaurants here that was so hard but it like <sighs> forced me because I had to do it because the other person I won't say her name that worked at the front desk never wanted to do it um so I would <laughs> I often talk about <laughs> what in the world they didn't want to do it. you know, she anyway. um, so I it like forced me to like get up in front of people. and then I think Absolutely. it like helped me be able to do the all staff at, yeah, you know, like on our last project, like where I would go to Nashville and Phoenix and actually like talk in front of people. And then this podcast, too, I don't think I could have done that without without those like stepping stones.
2: I know Hannah, the fact that I heard you were like started your own podcast. I felt so proud. I was like, man, Hannah has grown so much and really sort of gained that self-confidence that I saw in you and others saw in you to do this. I mean, this is a very difficult thing to do, is to host a podcast. It's probably on people- well, I have a co-host too. Yeah, okay, yes. She helps a but lot. Yes, you and Rachel- but... <laughs> Oh, hi, I forgot about myself. I'm like, what's up? No, the two of you, I mean, especially as sort of younger women- Super smart. I mean, this is on people's bucket list that they never get to, unfortunately, at the end of life. So the fact that you're chipping away at those things that may have scared you in the past, or you would have told your younger self is really, really important message for all other women out there.
1: Let's take a little break. Perfect timing. I want to talk about the merch we have for sale on our website, tellpeople.com. Oh, and especially our cozy hoodies. I absolutely
0: love mine so much. I even wore it on Sunday when it was freezing outside. They are perfect for everyone. We even have t-shirts. People can order merch now while supplies last and
1: receive
0: 15% off by using our listener code Telling People, found in our episode notes.
1: And back to our show
2: sarah what would you like to tell people so what i'd love to tell people is what advice you would give to your younger self take that advice turn it into an action plan and if that advice includes things that scare you take whatever scares you and act on it i think you will be excited you will feel fulfilled and you'll realize that the world is your oyster and you can conquer anything no i like that I think okay. that is
0: really, you know, great advice, and I think, I hope, you know, people that are younger listening will, will take that. And
2: I hope so, too. And,
0: and I feel like you have, you know, over the years have given me, you know, different advices and, and different, like, career ch- opportunities, too, not just advices, but throughout my career career so I really appreciate that
2: thank you so much and thank
0: you for coming on even though I had to beg you a couple times I'm, thank you. Like, I'm really <laughs> happy that you came on and I, I think you really gave some really great advice
2: I really appreciate it and Rachel and Hannah I think what you're doing is brave adventurous um, and I think you both set a great example especially for young women that anything is possible so thank you so much for having me on tonight and um, you know I hope if one listener takes any of this advice or conversation and says it's helped them I I think I've won so thank you so much yeah thank you this
0: seems like a great time to pause and tell everyone to subscribe so they will be notified of
1: our next episode It isn't like you have anything else to do, right? Exactly. Make sure to like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Stay healthy, everyone. And now, back to our show. Hannah, what did you think about this episode?
0: Well, I'm always... Well, I usually say I'm partial to West Virginia people, but Sarah's not a West Virginia person. But she is one of my people. Like, she, you know, really helped me with my career. We talked about, you know, the first interview I had, I really, I've always looked up to Sarah as kind of like a mentor or, you know, somebody that inspires me. And I feel like, you know, we didn't even get to hear half of her story and half of the things that she's accomplished. And I'm so proud of her uh, for getting into Harvard. And I'm just excited to see of all the things that she is going to achieve and i really think you know the bias conversation is something we all need to like work on you know we all have our biases we all have something you know hers was okra but it's like we need to figure out like how to um kind of learn how not to be biased against certain things or even if we don't you know quote unquote like something maybe we don't perceive them as a certain way or Or, you know, have other people perceive it that way. It kind of makes me think, so the person that actually got the job, my friend, her name's Sammy, and she, uh, when I I met her in college, and actually this one girl didn't like Sammy, and I didn't like Sammy originally, because I, this girl had told me, you know, she was like, oh, I don't like her, and, and for no actual, like, good reasons. Like, there were no... Like good reasons at all, and I like ran into Sammy at a Starbucks, and she kind of ignored me. But I don't think she saw me; she may have had her headphones in. And I was like, "Well, that girl is right. You know, Sammy's not great." And then I ended up getting to know Sammy at the very end of school. We lived in the same apartment complex. We we had the same class, and we'd end up walking together. And I got to know her very well. And I realized it was that other girl that had the issues, and it wasn't Sammy. And I always like think about that. Like you should never have your own you should always have your own opinion never take someone else's opinion on that and if I hadn't have met Sammy or not even met Sammy if I hadn't become close to Sammy and if I had listened to that girl I wouldn't be here right now because I wouldn't have met Sarah I wouldn't like it just all stacks up and so it's just like very interesting to kind of how everything like aligns and if you have a bias against something it may impact five other things that may be really great if you just like if if Sarah were to eat that okra maybe it would introduce her to something else and you know something else that's good so you never know so what did you think about this
1: episode well um I really liked what you were saying about like biases and everything because just like what you were saying with Sammy I had that with like other friendships and relationships in the past too where you just honestly assume and it's really really sad too because you're not taking your own opinion and also that says something maybe in a way about yourself that you're not trusting your own gut feeling you're trusting your own uh where wh- to get to know people or get to know say not even people but a situation or whatever what have you yes okra is you know not everyone's cup of tea and not everybody like say likes me right and that's okay but they have to have their it would be nice to have their own opinion
0: well it's none of your business what someone thinks yeah
1: exactly Mm -hmm. it's no one's business exactly you're right like no one's business well it's not
0: your business it's not your business what someone else thinks of you
1: correct it's it's none of your business yeah anyways I wasn't but it isn't it's
0: none of your business like what what someone says about you like it it shouldn't impact because if it's if it's true then it's true but if it's not like
1: well well i know well right yeah i was gonna just talk about how like all the support and empowerment that she has given also people in general and just how what how she was explaining women empowerment and having bringing together like different businesses group-minded not group-minded but individuals to support one another it helps
0: next week we will be having scott briscoe come on and he is hilarious uh we have not recorded the interview quite yet but we are in a couple minutes and he's going to kind of talk about being a lawyer and he's an adoption lawyer and kind of things like that and he has some really funny stories and he's been on some podcasts and And all kinds of stuff. So tune in next week to hear that.
1: What I'd like to tell people is an independent podcast recorded and edited by us, Rachel and Hannah. Our theme song is written and recorded by
0: Sean Price.
1: Please like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube.
0: Make sure to subscribe to our show so you can receive the latest episode. Also, rate and review our episodes so we can receive more listeners.
1: Go to our website, www.whatidliketotellpeople.com. Find the link and more information in the episode notes. Until next week. And
0: this was What I'd Like to Tell People.